thank you for that and welcome. Welcome to everyone who is just joining us. Uh, we are going to begin our service in our bulletin with our opening hymn, which is the first three verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And I will share that on my screen for those who need it. continue together on page three of our bulletin. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be God's kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. If you have your Advent wreath, this is a great time to grab it, to light it. And Scott and my girls will help us light it and we'll do the reading for the Advent wreath lighting 
Let me pass that in front of him and I will light the wreath here. You ready, Mimi? Today, we light the candle for the first Sunday of Advent. This is the candle of hope. God, we thank you for giving us hope. Help us to have hope and to share hope as we wait for Jesus to be born. Mimi? My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My, My spirit rejoices in God. Thank you, Mimi. Thank you, Scott. God be with you and also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God. Give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now, in the time of this mortal life in which your son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to life immortal through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. So reading from the book of Isaiah. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brush, brushwood and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry and we sinned because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf and our inequities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us <clears throat> and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O oh Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O oh Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider we are all your people. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Selections from Psalm 80. Hear, O shepherd of Israel, leading Joseph like a flock. Shine forth that you are enthroned upon the cherubim. 
in the presence of Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, stir up your strength and come to help us. Restore us, O God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angered despite the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have given them bowls of tears to drink. You have made the derision of our neighbors and our enemies laugh us to scorn. Restore us, O God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance and we shall be saved. Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, the son of man you have made so strong for yourself. And so will we never turn away from you. Give us life that we may call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance and we shall be saved. Our reading from the second book of Corinthians, first book of Corinthians. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. We will now sing together our gospel acclamation, which I will share on our screen. gospel of our Lord, Savior, and Savior Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. 
Then they will see the Son of Man is coming in clouds with great power and great glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and put forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with their, his own work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or at the cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he suddenly comes. And when I say to you, and what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The gospel of our Lord, praise to you, Lord Christ. Today begins the season of Advent, which in the church is also the beginning of our new year. Happy New Year to all. As we change our liturgical readings, we shift into what is known as Year B in our reading cycles. Over the course of three years, A, B, and C, we read the majority of scripture. Year B is where we focus on the Gospel of Mark. And at this beginning, every year in Advent, though we are all anxiously waiting for a manger and the Christ child and cute animals and stars and shepherds and kings, we begin somewhere else. The new year, when we look towards the birth of Christ, we also look towards another coming of Christ, the second coming that fills our imagination and our scriptures and our literature, and frankly, is where there's much more said in scripture than there is about the baby Jesus. This can be a bit disconcerting. It's not quite what we want to hear. An end of the world story is not what we tend to sign up for in Advent, and yet is what we are given. We hear this year the words from Mark foretelling the second coming of Christ, warning us to be awake, and painting a somewhat bleak picture. For all these things will pass away except for Christ's words. This gospel contains the characteristics of apocalyptic texts. It creates a duality between good and bad, it puts us, or the reader, or the listener, in the set mindset of believing that things look pretty bad, that they're pretty bleak. The state of the world is not good. 
There's an imminence to the end of the world. We hear that in the line that before this generation passes away, these things will take place. And there is judgment between the good and the bad, the sleepers and those who are awake. These are the characteristics of an apocalyptic text. And here in Mark, we hear them. We also hear them in the book of Isaiah, a time when things look bleak and Isaiah calls upon God to do something about it. Now, part of the problem with apocalyptic texts is that in our modern mindset, we have a very particular view of what those mean. Hollywood has filled our imaginations with what the end of the world will look like. There will be floods and storms and aliens and all sorts of other things. It will be dire and bleak of natural disasters. It is something that we will not recover from. In the Christian imagination, I feel that this gets picked up on, especially in churches that are very focused on that apocalyptic promise. Now, this is not something necessarily the Episcopal Church focuses that much on. You will rarely, I hope never, hear me stand up and say the end is near. If I do, check in with me. But in the Christian church, this has become part of the story, preparing for end times, preparing for the second coming of Christ. And it's painted as a very finite moment. We live in this world and someday Christ will come and everything will change. And yes, there's a very literal interpretation of scripture that we can take to get to that. But I think it fails to serve us in the way in which apocalyptic scriptures are meant to serve us. The history of these texts is long. They appear over and over, Isaiah and Daniel, Throughout Jewish scriptures and within Christian scriptures, we talk about the second coming and we talk about it within this apocalyptic imagination. And we fail to fully live into the beauty of these stories if we think of it as one future event that will change everything. Because frankly, we are in constant seasons of ends and beginnings. We live within cycles of death and new birth and resurrection. Look at our liturgical year, every year, we cycle back through these same stories. We prepare once again for the birth of the Christ child. In the spring, we will once again prepare for the crucifixion and wait with hope for the resurrection. We embody the cycles of death and of life. It is a constant in our world that things will change, that some things will pass away and that new things will come up in their midst. The point of an apocalyptic text of these end time scriptures are to speak to people who exist in times of great despair and oppression. They speak not just about a preferential option for those on the margins, but they speak directly to those on the margins who are oppressed, who are suffering, who feel separated from God. And this year, we have almost a universal understanding 
of that despair. This is not the advent any of us would have imagined or dreamed of. We do not want to be sitting on Zoom, looking at each other in these little squares. We want to be in these pews. We want to be here to see our advent wreath, to see our sanctuary dressed in purple. We want to pray and wait for the Christ child together. But instead, we are entering nine months of separation and quarantine and of fear of hundreds of thousands of illnesses and deaths. It's not hard to look and find the mood to which these scriptures spoke. We exist in it perhaps more than ever before. These scriptures speak to us. They speak to the world in which we currently inhabit. They speak to our sadness and our grief. And they speak to our hope. Because that is the heart of these texts. These texts that predict the end. The end is not the fiery judgment of whether or not we've lived a good life. The end is the end of our suffering. And look at the human suffering that is happening around the world. The suffering, not just from a virus, but from loneliness and isolation and disconnect. For me, I've spent the last several months being away from my community, being away from you all. And that was lonely, lonelier than I expected it to be even with my family surrounding me with a sweet little baby in my arms, we are in desperate need of community to pray together and to seek God's hope together. In fact, I think it's one of the great failings of churches that focus on these end times where you will hear the end is near shouted from a pulpit because they are so focused on personal salvation get right with God and you will be saved. It's not about the individual experience, but about the end of communal suffering. It's about reconnecting us with one another and all of us as a society, as a world, as a church community, finding our way out of that despair, finding our way back towards God. When we can focus on the communal rather than the individual, as we do when we gather here, even if it's on Zoom and not in person, when we light these candles together, when we speak of God's hope, we are being that comfort and that joy and the embodiment of hope for one another. That is the great promise of Advent, that Christ comes not just for us, but for our neighbors, that the hope embodied by God in the tiniest of people is there for all of us. It is not about a final time that is coming, but about the end to our current suffering and the rebirth into new life and new hope that we are empowered to create and to bring together. It is about, and you will hear me say this over and over, it is about 
the embodiment of the kingdom of God here and now. And we do that best when we are together. We accomplish that when we are in community. God has the strength to hear our laments. It is a great gift of scripture that we can hear Isaiah crying out to God, that we hear the Psalms calling for something else. God can take our laments. And with our community, we can find the strength for hope. That is what it means to be awake, to be connected with one another, to be awake to our spiritual lives and needs, to be even awake to our suffering, our despair, our sadness, our grief, to name it and lay it in front of God and to show up for one another and to be here even in the midst of isolation, so that together we can do the work of creating the kingdom. That's where we find the hope. That's how we get to December 24th, where we get to hear that beautiful story. Because not everything changes that day. We'll get to the birth of the Christ child and still there is great danger for Mary and Joseph and Jesus. God incarnate does not fix everything, but is that piece of hope that is planted within us so that we can take that hope to create the world we want to live in. I join with you in the oddness of this season, but I speak, at least for myself, in saying that this this digital gathering is so much better than not having it at all. That it is a balm for my soul as I return to you all after these months. And I hope we can stay awake to the ways in which it can continue to feed us and that we can hold hope that there's going to be a day that we're back in this space, sitting in these pews that God is not gone, that God is right here on the screen with us and in each of you and in this community. And that is the blessing and hope I have so desperately been needing. Amen. Together, we continue in our bulletin. We're on page eight professing our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him, all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. 
He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Great mystery we call God. We pray for all people who comprise the many versions of your church. May we all honor you and each other in our diversity. Give us the vision, courage, and wisdom to serve you and all our relatives, the elements of water and earth, the plants and animals, and all human beings. Give our voices praise of you beyond our words. We pray for all clergy and laity who seek to serve you. May our true leadership be the Holy Spirit. We pray for leaders of, our, of tribes, people, and nations. Let justice roll down like the waters of the great rivers. Empower us to love our neighbors across this turtle island we call Earth. May our giving be greater than our use. Bless all those lives who are closely linked with ours, especially those on our parish prayer list. Karen Blankenship, Jim Cameron, Jupe Compton, Niall Clark, Glenn Crosby, Glorian Crosby, Deanna Glenn, Diane Goodman, Lorna Hamill, Bob Hayward, Hannah Hooper, Rosemary Howell, Peter Mackenheimer, Claire Parkinson, Pam Rhodes, Karen Rowley, Ron Smith, Vicki Smith, Don Snow, Lillian Snow, William Victory, Julie Wigan, and Peter Wiley. And those celebrating birthdays this week, Andy Lewis, Margaret Morenci, Polly Ogden, Braden Williams, Elizabeth Williams, and Brad Felker. Grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Enable us with compassion to stand in and with the pain and suffering in the world. May healing hearts and words connect to those in need. We commend to your mercy all who have died, especially Jim Radcliffe, Keith Snow, Julie Compton, and those who mourn, that your will for them may be fulfilled. We pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. We thank you for the helpful examples known and unknown to us who have shaped the road we walk. Enlighten our own awareness of our visibility to others, 
and make us increasingly mindful of the impact of our choices on others and the generations to come. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. We lift up the prayers spoken and unspoken, the needs of our communities and the suffering of the world. Let us pray. Almighty God, we stand before you and lift up these prayers that in the midst of these times, you may hear us, our voices, our hearts, and our minds, and bring to us comfort, be present to those whom we pray for, and enlighten this world to your presence and your love. Amen. Amen. And virtually, we share with one another the peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. Uh, as we move into the time for our offertory, I'd like to remind you all that there are many ways you can support Emmanuel. And one of the options we give in the absence of our ability to pass the basket here is the ability to give online. I'm sharing that information here and now we depend on your support and your gifts in time, in treasure, and of talent. Thank you for how you support our community. And I'd like to invite our musicians to share with us an offertory.
we continue together in our bulletin on page 10, praying together the Lord's Prayer. As our Savior Christ has taught us, we now pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. I wanted to take the opportunity to reintroduce our prayers for birthday, our blessing and prayers for birthdays and anniversaries. Uh, obviously, we've been online much longer than we expected, and this is an important part of how we gather as community. If you have a birth, if you're on and you have a birthday or anniversary this week and want to unmute and tell us that, I heard some of you listed in the first day. Malika, I think you or Peter might have a birthday. I see you've done the hand raise. Yes, my sister um, gave birth to Henry on oh. Friday. Yeah, in um, in Scotland. So I have oh. a nephew that is now 48 hours old. So we haven't obviously Jesus. can't meet him yet, but <laughs> many prayers thankful uh, for. for him and your sister and for you all. Uh, a slightly belated birthday for our admin, Julene Levine. And you know, belated birthdays for everyone. We haven't prayed for the last, well, we've been praying for you all, but over the last eight months, we've had a lot of birthdays. I think Polly, you might be here. I heard your name listed. Any other anniversaries or people were missing? All right. Well, even if you're hiding on Zoom, uh, we will all join together in the birthday prayer. Let us pray. Watch over your children, O Lord, as their days increase. Bless and guide them wherever they may be. Strengthen them when they stand. Comfort them when discouraged or sorrowful. Raise them up if they fall. And in their hearts may your peace, which passes all understanding, Abide all the days of their lives through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Happy birthdays and anniversaries and uh, blessings on new birth to you all. In our bulletin on page 10, there is a new prayer for us to pray together in our absence from communion. This is a chance for us to pray for that uh, and the blessing that we normally receive through the sacrament. So I invite us to pray together. Let us pray. God of infinite mercy, we thank you for Jesus, our savior, our true mother who feeds us and gives us eternal life. Though we cannot consume these gifts of bread and wine, we thank you that we've received the sacrament of Christ's presence, the forgiveness of sins and all other benefits of Christ's passion. Grant that we may continue forever in the risen life of our Savior, who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you.
and those you love and those you pray for this day and always. Amen. And now we continue together in our closing hymn, which I will uh, share on my screen. Oh. 